Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel and here we learn about plants, how to care for them, how they work, and I keep it simple and taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can enjoy. Join me in plant school. Hello, everyone. Today is episode 67, and we're going to be talking about African violets. And today is also a special day because (laughs) it is my birthday. It's normal for people to make a podcast episode on their birthday, right? Right? Anyways, because it is my birthday, I sometimes I feel bad doing this, guys, but at the same time, I don't because this is how I can keep doing this. The best thing you could do to wish me a happy birthday is support this podcast. And I know I say this a lot, but you can share it with a friend. You can buy Plant School merch. The link to the merch store is in the description of this episode and of every episode. Or you can become a supporter. And again, the link to become a supporter is at the bottom of the episode notes on every episode. And a supporter basically just makes a small monthly donation or a big one. You, you're you the one who decides how much it is. But yeah, I always feel bad self-promoting myself. But seriously, this is how the podcast is able to keep going is through you guys. And I appreciate all the support you guys have given me already. And if you can spare, you know, a dollar a month or something to help this podcast keep going, I would appreciate it so much. It would be the best birthday gift to me. But yeah, I do appreciate you guys being here and listening. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking about African violets. This was something that was suggested to me by Tom Jones on Instagram. And I've I've said this before, but if you guys have a plant you want covered or anything like that, you are welcome to message me on Instagram at Tenny Plants, or you can email me, tennyplants at gmail, and let me know, because oftentimes you guys have great ideas. I, I will not promise you that I will get to all of them, but there is a really good chance that I will if I haven't covered it already. So thank you, Tom, for today's suggestion. We're going to dive right into today's episode by asking the question, what is an African violet? It is a plant, it's a small perennial herb. And perennials are plants that come back every year. You don't have to keep replanting them. And it has really thick, hairy, ovate leaves. They are usually dark green and their stems kind of cluster together at the base of the plant. And they have really beautiful flowers that resemble violets because they have five petals and their colors are usually violet or purple, white or pink. And the African violet, it's in the genus St. Paulia. It has six species of flowering plants in this family. And the most common one that we use as a houseplant is St. Paulia ionantha, which is what we'll be focusing on when we get to the care guide portion of the podcast. 
So that's an African violet. I feel like they're a pretty common houseplant. I often feel like they get the rap of being like a grandma houseplant, but honestly, I feel like they're coming back. They are, they're beautiful. They're a great way to like bring color into your home. There's not a whole lot of houseplants out there that flower and come in such a variety of colors, but African violets kind of do that for us. And maybe I'm just like thinking about adding color to your home because we just had Dee and Alicia on last episode talking about designing your home with plants and how to put them in your space. So that's kind of been on my mind, but I think African violets are a great way to do that. So if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I love the meaning behind flowers or plants. I think it started when I read a book called The Language of Flowers. It's a novel by Vanessa Diffenbaugh, so just a really great book. But anyways, the main character in it is kind of obsessed with the meaning behind flowers or plants and I loved it so much that I bought a whole book that dives into what every plant can mean. And so when I looked up African violets, this is what its symbolic meaning is. Symbolically, it's known to mean such worth is rare. So if you ever need to give someone that sentiment that their worth is rare, you could give them an African violet and let them know that that's what it symbolizes. It's also believed to have the possible powers of protection and spirituality. And a lot of people think that when you grow it in your home, that it will promote spirituality. And moving on to my favorite question when I do these care guide episodes is, what is the history of this plant, of the African violet. In 1892, there was a man named Baron Walter von St. Paul Hilaire, quite a name, and he was a German governor of what's now, I always want to say Tanzania, and I know that is so wrong. It's Tanzania. I have no idea why my brain, every time when I get to that word, is just, it's Tanzania, Rachel. No. It's Tanzania. So anyways, what today is now Tanzania, he was in because it was owned by Germany. And he found this low-growing plant. It had those hairy, fleshy leaves and really striking blue flowers. They were growing on these rocky ledges in the Usambara Mountains. And so he gathered some samples and sent some to his dad, Baron Ulrich. And he was a longtime patron of the Botanic Garden in Herrenhausen, Germany. So sorry if I did not say that city right, but I am, I haven't studied German. So that's the best I can do. I guess I could, you know, really ham it up. Herrenhausen, Germany. But that's, that's as good as it gets. Anyway, this Botanic Garden in Herrenhausen. He was a big patron of it, and he was friends with the director there. His name was Herman Windland. And Windland, he was able to take these plants, and he identified them. He classified them in the proper family, and he recognized that it was a new genus. No one had discovered this before or classified it before, and so he named the genus St. Paulia to commemorate this father-son discovery that they had. And when doing research, I'm not sure why they say it was like a father-son discovery, because uh, the son is really the one who found it, and he just sent it to his dad. But whatever, it commemorates the both of them. And in 1893, which was one year later after its discovery, they were first commercially produced in Friedrich Benary in Erfurt, Germany. Man, this episode has lots of 
German cities. It's wonderful. But in those early years of it being grown in homes, which was from 1893, so when it was first being commercially produced, up to 1930, it was mostly just a greenhouse plant rather than a house plant. And this was because these plants need high humidity and warmth. So if people had them under glass structures or in a greenhouse, they would be able to keep them warm and have the temperature it needed because most homes did not have central heating and the temperatures would fluctuate a lot and so they couldn't survive the coldness and this is kind of where its stigma the african violet stigma of it being really finicky came from because it it didn't do so well surviving in homes without central heating because it just got too cold for them So in the early 1890s, they were brought to the U.S. by a New York florist. His name was George Stump. And they passed through some different hands, you know, being purchased and repurchased. It got into the hands of Roger Peterson in Philadelphia in 1910. And he purchased a hundred of them. And he took them to Cincinnati, Ohio. And he continued to produce more of them and really start to hybridize them. Roger Peterson was the owner of Peterson Greenhouses, and they eventually became a really important early grower of African violets and was really one of the first to start growing them inside of the U.S. And from there, Armacost and Royston, which were commercial growers, took them, and they started to really come out with these new beautiful cultivars with either different flower colors or different leaf shapes. And so while doing research, most people believe that Walter Armacost, he became interested in African violets because he saw them in a friend's greenhouse and he started to experiment and propagate them. And he actually went and ordered original seeds from Germany in 1927 and he grew about a thousand of them and he took those African violets that he was growing and he spent years of selecting them and just trying to get the perfect colors and out of all of that he took 10 of the African violets they had various shades of blue and purple and different leaf characteristics and he named them he showed them to the public in 1936 and those 10 different cultivars that he came up with still exist today they are still sold today so if you ever see these names of a cultivar of African violet. They started with Walter Armacost back in 1936 when he, I guess, first showed them off. So their names are Admiral, Amethyst, Blue Boy, Commodore, Mermaid, Neptune, Number 32, Norseman, Sailor Boy, and Viking. I'm not sure where number 32 comes from. Maybe it has some significant meaning, but I feel like it kind of sounds like he got tired of naming them all these fun names. I was like, ah, number, number 32, whatever. But anyways, growers could order these cultivars. And at first, this is kind of sad, they found African violets really disappointing because they did not know how to care for them. But fortunately, what happened is Walter Amacost was able to increase their knowledge, help educate them, and these greenhouses started to update their heating systems, and it rescued the African violets from just disappearing into obscurity because they were apparently too hard to take care of when really they just needed a little more warmth. And moving on in their history, in 1945, 
the Ladies Home Journal had an article written by Helen Van Pelt Wilson, and she wrote about their care and the culture of African violets. They had a full-page color picture of all the different cultivars, which back in 1945, I'm sure that was a big deal to have a full page in color. And it really turned out to be a turning point for this plant. Women saw how attractive these plants were, and they now knew how to care for them because of this article, and it became such a popular article. They actually had to make this article into a pamphlet so that the public could read about them and know how to care for them, just because, yeah, everyone loved this article that had been written. And as a result of their popularity... The AVSA, which is the African Violet Society of America, was founded in 1946, so a year after that article came out in the Ladies' Home Journal. So today, the AVSA, they have about 12,000 members in 48 different countries, and its main purpose is just to provide enthusiasts a way to exchange and obtain growing information for African violets. They hold annual meetings and plant shows. If you're interested, the next AVSA annual convention show is May 29th through June 5th, and it's in Little Rock, Arkansas, here in the U.S., But yeah, today, hundreds of horticultural varieties have been developed for their various flower colors and shapes, and it's just been, you know, 120 years from this plant's discovery, and it has transformed into a plant that, I don't know, I think that maybe the original founders, Walter von St. Paul Hilaire, he may not recognize it just because it has been changed so much. The colors of the plant, the leaf characteristics of it. I wonder if he would still be able to tell that it is the African violet, like a predecessor of the African violet that he found. And something just to end the history of the African violets that I thought was really cool. They were actually sent up into space in 1984 by Optimara. Optimara is the largest growers of African violets today, and they partnered with NASA, and they sent up 25,000 seeds into space, and they stayed there for six years until they retrieved them in 1990. So they brought them back, and they started to grow them, and some had really interesting mutations. So they were testing the effects of cosmic radiation and anti-gravity, which, you know, happened in space, they found that in general, the consensus was that they came back larger, they came back hardier, and they had these really striking multi-toned or multi-colored varieties. You can actually buy these varieties or these space varieties of African violets, and their names are Everlove, Everharmony, Evergrace, and Everfaith. They aren't super expensive, so, like, anyone can buy them. I saw one website, like, compare it. Like, if there's a normal African violet for $5, the space variety will be $6. So, really not a huge price difference. So, you can own a variety that was developed from African violets being in space, which is so cool. Who does that? Apparently, we do. Humans do. So we're going to take a break there, and when we come back, we're going to jump right into how exactly to care for African violets in your own home. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and jumping right back into it with how to care for these plants in your home. The first question is, where should it be placed in your home? Some people would describe African violets as being low light plants, which we know that means that it can tolerate low light, but it doesn't really love it, won't really thrive in it. But I honestly, for African violets, would suggest bright and direct sunlight. I don't really know if they would do too well being in low light. Too much sun can definitely cause them to have their leaves turn yellow. And so you don't want them in direct sunlight. That can hurt them. But indirect sun, you know, just a little bit away from your window. If they get a little bit of direct sun, that's going to be fine. That is ideal for them. And they actually do really well with artificial light. So if you have one, you can definitely have your African violet right underneath it and it's going to do better than most of your other houseplants with that artificial light. They also love warmth and high humidity. So 60 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit is ideal for them to really grow. So putting them by like right next to your window in the winter time is probably not the best move for this plant. It will get hurt by that really cold air. They don't like drafts or things like that. So humidity is a big thing for it and that can be achieved by a humidifier or by a pebble tray. Humidifier, you can find them, you know, on Amazon or things like that. I can even link one in the show notes of this episode for you guys to look at. Or you can use a pebble tray, which is simply just a tray, a, it can be like a cookie sheet, something of that nature, a pie pan filled with pebbles or leka, some sort of marbles, things like that. And then you put water in it and it kind of just creates this raised bed of water. You place your plant directly onto the pebbles or the rocks or marbles, whatever it is. And it just, that water is going to evaporate up into the air, right into the plant. And that humidity from the pebble tray will really benefit them. Dry air can cause African violet leaves to turn yellow or to curl up and be brittle. So if you notice maybe some of those symptoms, try increasing the humidity and see if that helps it. So how should you water your African violet? You want to water when the top one inch of the soil is dry. And it's really important for this plant to have consistency with your watering. If you have poor watering consistency, let's say you water it one week and then you wait three weeks to water it, that might be 
too long in between, but you get the point of what I'm saying. It can cause the leaves to yellow. And I feel like as I go through this care guide, there's a lot of things that can cause this plant to have yellow leaves. So just keep an eye of how you're caring for it and what you're doing. And then maybe from there you can eliminate, okay, the yellow leaves aren't from this, but maybe it's this. I'm going to try switching it up. Also, when you're watering, avoid getting the leaves wet. Water sitting on African violet leaves can actually cause them to have different fungal problems and it will cause brown spots, especially if it's cold water because, like I said, they really don't love that cold temperature. Some people like to bottom water their African violets to avoid this issue of accidentally, you know, pouring water onto the leaves. You can do that or you can just be careful as you water it from the top. I've like briefly talked about my thoughts on bottom watering. To me, I think top watering is the way to go because it can flush out different salts and minerals that maybe are building up from the water. And so top watering is great because it allows that water to flush through the soil. And honestly, you think about it. These plants are getting watered by rain in the wild and rain comes from the sky. This is how the plant is naturally getting watered anyway. So I'm just a big fan of top watering unless you're like trying to remedy really dry soil or something like that. Bottom watering is great for that. But you're welcome to bottom water your African violets. But for me, if I had one, I would probably top water just to avoid any buildup of salts. If your plant starts to get wilty, this could be a sign of under or over watering, so be very careful not to give it too much and not too little. Poke your finger in its soil. If that top one inch is dry, water it. If it's still moist, don't water it. Simple as that. So moving on to fertilizing your African violet. It's recommended to do it once a month in the spring to late summer, basically when you notice a lot of growth happening for your African violet. It doesn't have to be those seasons, just when you notice it's actively growing. It's usually when you're getting more sun in your window. So sometimes for me, that's honestly in the winter because the sun is lower and it really shines through my windows and my plants get a lot of sunlight and they just start growing more. So it just depends on where your plants are in your home. But not fertilizing them can actually cause leaves to yellow. Again, there's a lot of reasons why their leaves can turn yellow, so just keep that in mind. I recommend using a 14-12-14 fertilizer. Those numbers are simply the NPK values in that order. So 14 is the nitrogen, 12 would be the phosphorus, and K would be, or the 14 would be K, the potassium. And that's just the percentage of active ingredients in that fertilizer. But you're welcome to use a more generic one, a 10-10-10. That's more of like an all-purpose fertilizer. I'm pretty sure I have one of those in my home. But you can use one of those. There are just African violet specific fertilizers that are 14-12-14. And that's what a lot of professionals recommend using. And when you are fertilizing, in general, your fertilizer is going to be added to your water, right? And you want to avoid putting that on the leaves again. Just distribute it evenly around the soil or you could set it into the fertilizer water and let it bottom water in, whatever your preference is. So when do you repot your African violet? They actually prefer to be in smaller pots. You don't need to be repotting them into bigger pots very often. If you do need to repot it, take the same size pot, maybe slightly bigger if it's absolutely necessary, and go ahead and remove all of the old soil off of it 
and you're going to be replacing it with soil that's well draining so like a succulent mix would do really well just be sure to avoid really heavy and dark soil mixes they don't love that if you think back to baron walter von saint paul Allaire, the german governor who found them he found them on the rocky ledges of mountains so they obviously prefer to grow in very well draining areas not really thick soily areas i don't even know if soily is a word i just I just made it up. So when you're repotting it and your plant is out, go ahead and take off the bottom layer of leaves. Usually they start to turn a little brown or things like that as they just age and get old. And you can remove the bottom third of the root ball. So the root ball is just that mass of roots and you can go ahead and cut off just a bottom third. And I would say if you're scared of taking off too much, do less. You know, taking off too much is definitely worse than not taking off enough. And when you put it back into the soil, you can kind of put it a little lower into the soil to cover up that bare stem, or people call it the neck of the plant. And that is going to naturally appear over time. Just from leaves dying and aging and getting old, there's just this neck that appears on the African violet. And so oftentimes people will repot about every six months to just eliminate that neck of the African violet, that bare stem. And that way they can kind of shove it down a little deeper into the soil when they're repotting it. And that neck is actually going to start producing more roots. So it's not going to harm it by having it a little lower. And as a note, just be very careful not to overwater the plant since you have taken off a chunk of its roots and it is a little bit lower. You just want to be careful you're not giving it too much water because there's not as many roots to absorb that water. It's going to take it a little bit longer to do so. And moving on to propagation, which I always think is so fun to learn about, African violets, they produce very tiny seeds in little capsules. So you can grow them from seeds. That's totally fine. They germinate at about 86 degrees Fahrenheit or 30 degrees Celsius, and they don't need to be covered up by anything. You can simply put them into moist soil. You can put them on a wet paper towel, but they don't really need to be covered by like a second paper towel or anything like that. I would say more commonly, they are propagated by leaf cuttings. This is kind of like a rare thing for houseplants to be able to do for you to like take off a leaf and be able to propagate it from there. But African violets are really cool because they can do this. So if you cut off a leaf and it's petiole, which is kind of like that stem area that connects to the leaf, you can dip it into rooting powder if you have any. If you don't, I can include a link. It's not really necessary to use rooting powder. It just helps its chance of rooting. It's a hormone that really kind of tells the plant, hey, start producing roots here. But if you don't have any rooting powder, it's pretty likely, at least for African violets, to still produce roots. So you can go ahead and stick it into water. You can stick it into soil or vermiculite, some other planting medium of your choice. And in about two to six months, it'll start producing small leaves and it can be repotted into wherever you would like it to be growing. And in six to nine months, it should start producing flowers. And as a note, if you are doing a leaf cutting, if you take a variegated leaf, let's say you have one that's white and green, it's beautifully variegated, you really love it, and you want to make more of this variegated leaf, if you take a leaf cutting of it, it's actually not going to produce more variegated leaves with a leaf cutting. So just so you know, now you don't need to try it and figure that out yourself. 
if you do want to keep a variegated cultivar, you really love that mixture of the white and green, you can do this via crown division. Crown division is basically when you pull apart the plant or you cut it apart and you divide it into two separate plants. Usually you could do more. The more you divide it, the harder it's going to be for it to bounce back. So I would say maybe just divide it into two different plants. And from there, you can keep sustaining that variegated cultivar that you have. You can also propagate this plant by a tissue culture. So you take a tiny piece of the leaf petiole and you place it in an in vitro culture. I would go into details, but I feel like that's not super practical for the average plant owner. Like this is something I would probably never do. I'm trying to think of a situation that I would want to, but I, I really can't. I, <laughs> it just sounds like it would take too long. But if you're interested in that, you can look it up because that is a possibility for the African violet. All right, and moving on to pests for this plant and how to deal with them. So they are prone to mealybugs on the underside of their leaves and they will start to stunt and distort the leaves. So if you notice, maybe you're not seeing the pest, but you notice that your plant has started to have stunted growth and the leaves are looking weird, it could be mealybug. And so if you look on the underside of their leaves, that's where they like to hang out. They are usually kind of these white cottony masses looking little guys. They can be treated with neem oil that actually gets rid of the, I want to say the young adult mealybugs, but I know that's not the right word. Immature. There we go. The immature mealybugs, but the adult mealybugs, those probably have to be treated with something a little more strong like rubbing alcohol. What I like to do is take a Q-tip or you can take something bigger like a cloth and put rubbing alcohol on it and just wipe them away from the plant. It's not going to really hurt the plant at all. It just takes a little bit longer to do and care for, but you can get rid of them that way. Aphids can be a problem. They have a similar effect that the mealybugs do and they can be destroyed with soapy water, literally just mixing a little bit of like Dawn dish soap into water, shake it up in a spray bottle and start spraying it at them. And what that does, the soap and the water actually clogs up their breathing pores. They're called sphericals and they are on the aphid's body. You're basically drowning them. I know it's sad to think about, but they're ruining your plant and you got to do what you got to do. African violets also can deal with root, not nematodes. I feel like nematodes are something that are really annoying in like agriculture, but we don't often hear about them in the houseplant world. But African violets is one of those plants that can sometimes deal with it. They can also stunt the growth of your plant and they cause these blister-like galls on the roots and on the leaves. And a gall is it's basically like a little warty looking bump, either on your root or leaf for this specific nematode. So if you notice these really weird warty looking bumps, it could be from those nematodes. If you have this problem, if you notice these bumps, your only option really is to destroy the plant. Sorry, but there's really no effective way to deal with the nematodes and to get rid of it completely. You're just going to have to throw the plant out before it starts affecting your other plants. They also deal with what are called cyclamen mites or spider mites. And this was something that Tom, when he suggested this plant, mentioned that he was dealing with. So I'm hoping 
that this is helpful to him and it's helpful to you if you've ever dealt with this. So what the cyclamen mites and the spider mites will do, they often congregate on the new growth at the top of the plant and they cause the new leaves to be very brittle. They can cause them to lack color and have stunted or twisted growth. How to treat this is you want to treat it weekly with a pesticide like Dianclor or Dicofol. So if you look those up, Dianclor or Dicofol, you can find pesticides that have that in it and you can treat it outside if you choose to go this route just to kind of keep those chemicals out of your house. You can also use a insecticidal soap spray. You can use neem oil and use it about every week. It's really hard to treat spider mites and cyclamen mites because they are so small and African violets have fuzzy leaves and so these mites which are so tiny just come back so easily because they can hide in those hairy leaves. And also spider mites, they produce really fast and so you could treat it with one chemical and the next generation of spider mites will be a little more resistant to it so if you keep using the same chemical they won't be affected. Honestly, spider mites are kind of the worst. Personally, if I had a African violet that was struggling with cyclamen mites or spider mites, I would first try and rinse it off, wash it off outside somewhere where I don't care that these bugs are being washed off into. And then I would probably get the different pesticides with Dianclor or Dicofol and I would switch off between using those. I would switch off using insecticidal like soap or neem oil and I would kind of just try everything and go through a rotation of them to try and get them gone. It can be done. It is just really hard to do. If you're not up for it, it's totally fine to toss your African violet and go get a new one. Don't feel bad about doing that. All right, and last thing, just some last extra tips for African violets. Once their flowers are spent, they're starting to die, you can go ahead and pinch them off, pull them off, cut them off, whatever you prefer, and this will encourage new ones to bloom. The flowers on this plant should naturally come back in the spring and last to the fall. They're usually gone in the wintertime. And if they don't come back, you just go through how to care for it and make sure that you're caring for it, right? Sometimes it's just needing more light or maybe some more warmth. Just go through what this plant likes and figure out maybe what it is missing. Also, sometimes mold, or it kind of looks like gray fluff, can start growing on the leaves and it can cause the leaves to turn dark brown. This can be treated by removing the affected leaves, so just take them off, and you can treat it with a fungicide because that's what's occurring with this mold growing on it. And another way to treat it if you aren't wanting to use a fungicide is remove the mold, remove those leaves, and provide good air circulation. Use a gentle, warm air though. If it's cold, that's going to harm the plant. And if it's really intense air circulation, they don't really love that either. Something just very gentle and warm. All right, and there we go. That finishes up the care guide for African violets. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new if you ever get one or if you have one. I hope this really helps you guys out. And again, thank you guys for the support that you give to this podcast. If you want to share it with someone, if you want to buy Plant School merch, or if you want to become a sponsor to this episode and make monthly donations, I would greatly appreciate it. But I hope you guys have a great week, and I hope to have you back next week. 
thank you for being here and listening today, and I hope you'll join me next week. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it going, you can find the support link below in the description and donate. Or, I have some awesome Plant School merch, including stickers, shirts, and mugs, and the link to my shop is in the description as well. And if you don't want to spend any money but still support the podcast, share this podcast with a friend, either verbally or electronically. This will even qualify you for my giveaway. Just message me on Instagram at tinnyplant that you shared the podcast with a friend and you'll be entered in for a chance to win some goodies. Winners will be announced on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week.